Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. The next reading is in Luke chapter 24, on page 885, starting from verse 44. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. The third reading is in Acts chapter 1, from verse 1 to 5. And in the Church Bibles, it's page 909. That's Acts chapter 1, page 909. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Right. Can I ask the children to follow Natalie for Sunday school? And Rob will now come to bring us God's word as well. Before that, let me just quickly pray for you. Father, I do pray for the children that they will have open hearts and open minds, that your spirit will be poured into their hearts and minds, that they might come to know the Lord Jesus. And we pray for us as well as we humbly listen to your word. We pray for your help, Lord. Amen. Hello everyone, it's wonderful to see you here. Uh, my name's Rob, I'm the pastor of the church. Um, just while we're finding our way, um, just turn to the person next to you or someone on your row and um, share with them just the answer to this question, what comes to your mind. Um, what would it take for someone to believe in Jesus? Now if you're not a Christian, I take it to mean that that question is, what would it take for you to believe in Jesus? And if you are a Christian, I take it to mean, what would it mean for someone that you know, maybe a friend, a loved one, a colleague, what would it actually take for them to 
believe in Jesus. Uh, just share what instinctively comes into your mind. Have a little chat for a few minutes and then we'll come back. going to stay with that question um, the whole of the time uh, this evening so there's only one thing you have to hold on to is that question of what would it take for someone to believe in Jesus and what I mean by that is what, what, what do they need what's the recipe what's the ingredients that will cause someone to believe okay and what will help them to believe in the resurrection of Jesus um, I'm sure there were a couple of different things that came up in your conversations. I heard some people sharing some of their testimony, how they came to believe in Jesus and thinking about that. Um, maybe it was someone who spoke to you about Jesus. Uh, maybe it was um, a situation in your life that led you to ask questions. Maybe there was answers like that. Um, but I want us to see uh, from the end of Luke and, and hopefully as we get into Acts um, as a church I want us to see that there's actually only two things that we need um, those two things are Jesus himself his presence to cause someone to believe to open blind eyes and the scriptures those two things in unison in tandem they're working together um, and I want to show that from, um, from Luke 24. We're going to spend a bit of time going through the chapter and picking up on some of the examples of the first people to respond to the resurrection. And it's surprising. It's surprising because they're the ones who actually saw the things that we don't see. And we're going to see what their response is like. Um, so our first point this evening is going to be um, the risen Jesus opened blind eyes with the scriptures the risen Jesus opened blind eyes with the scriptures as I said we're going to be going through Luke 24 and we're going to look at each of those episodes 
Um, so first up then, uh, the women at the tomb. And we get that in verses 1 uh, all the way down to uh, verse 11. Let's read it together. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale and they did not believe them. So what is going to be noticeable from each of these groups is uh, they, they see something with their very eyes. What the women see is an empty tomb, a, sto- a stone that's misplaced, that's been rolled away. They go in and they see an empty tomb. They don't see the body of Jesus. So they see something physically, visibly. And yet they don't immediately believe. Interesting, isn't it? We think that seeing is going to cause people to automatically believe. It's not. The women have seen something, and yet it takes the angel to tell them to recall the words of Jesus. That's what he does in verse 6 to 7, so that's why I've highlighted it on the screen. The angel says to them, Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise almost word for word for what Jesus had been saying three times to all of his disciples son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men he will be put to death on the cross and after three days he will rise so this first group um, the women at the tomb they don't understand what it is they're seeing they don't, they don't get the significance of it until Jesus points them through the angel, points them to his words, and then the penny drops. And then their sight turns to faith. And they believe. And they go and tell everyone about it. Okay, next group. Um, it's in uh, verses, well, the next little bit. Uh, the two men on the road. We're going to read from verse 13. That very day, two of them, the disciples, were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognising him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? And Jesus said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, the man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. 
Yes, and besides all all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the scriptures, Jesus interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Jesus says that they are foolish and slow of heart to believe. And he's not just talking about them. He's talking about all people. We're foolish. We're dull to the things of God. We're slow of heart to believe. Even if we were to see it with our very own eyes. It would be exactly the same that Jesus would say of us. And so what does he do? Well he says, you are slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. All that God has already said through his prophets in the Old Testament. And yet it's to those scriptures that he turns in verse 27. And he shows them that those, what those scriptures reveal about the Christ. This particular Messiah. This particular one that is coming. The anointed king who is going to arrive. And suffer before entering into his glory. And actually when you look later on. Um, if you look down with me at um, verse 32. What is it that the, the, these guys themselves would actually say to us uh, was, the, was the penny drop moment? Well, is it when they saw Jesus? Well, no, because they were kept from recognising him. No, it was when he, while he opened to us the scriptures. Very interesting, isn't it? As Jesus is, Jesus is Jesus, right? And he's opening to them the scriptures which are concerning himself. And it's at that point they say, our hearts burned within us. We, we believed. Jesus, his presence and the scriptures caused us to believe. And I guess any testimony we've got in this room, we tend to sort of talk, don't we, a bit more about the sort of things going on in our lives. But I reckon if you were to tell your testimony in full, every single one would have, someone showed me the Bible. Someone opened the Bible with me. And showed me who Jesus was from the Bible. We put a little emphasis on it, don't we? But it's the key. Jesus himself is the one who's opening the scriptures to show people who he is from the scriptures. To help them to understand what they are seeing. Otherwise they would miss the significance entirely. One more example then. The apostles. Um, I uh, I did read verse 11 earlier. These words seem to them an idle tale. And they did not believe them. Almost to make the point twice, Luke says, oh, they seemed an idle tale, but just so you know, they did not believe them. He's making it doubly clear that we know there is no belief in the things that they have been told. And then we get this episode later on, um, verse 36. Uh, Let's read from um, verse 33. These are the two guys. They rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem 
And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And Jesus said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch my hands and my feet. Uh, Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have uh, flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when Jesus had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they disbelieved for joy, they were marveling. They said, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate before them. And Jesus said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written. We'll look at that bit in a minute. Seeing in and of itself wasn't enough. Hearing in and of itself was enough. Even touching the body of Jesus in and of itself wasn't enough. The spiritually blind. Jesus has to open blind eyes and he does it himself He opens blind eyes and he does it through the scriptures about himself. The reason Jesus opened blind eyes with the scriptures. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer and then to enter his glory? Reasoning from the scriptures. These are my words that I spoke with you while I was still with you. Thus it is written. And this is Jesus' ministry, isn't it? It's... it's, very important time isn't it he's just risen from the dead he's about to go back to the father he's about to send the Holy Spirit and the good news about Jesus is going to go to the world and we have this snapshot in Luke's gospel of of what Jesus' ministry looked like and it's a word ministry It's it's a word ministry it's pointing people to the Bible pointing to people to what the Bible says about Jesus And that's important because it sets the pattern for the church, isn't it? So we're going to hear um, next weekend from from Ben about Acts 1 and 2, how how the Spirit came. And he, Christ's Spirit, the, the, the presence of Jesus, would enable them to go and speak the truth about Jesus from his word. And we're going to think as well, well, we had that question at the start, what would it, what do we need to believe? What two things do we need to believe uh, to, to be able to believe? Well, let's have a look at verse 47, what Jesus says here. We'll read from verse 45. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. Beginning from Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, lifting up his hands. He blessed them. 
While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple. Blessing God. The ascended Jesus is opening blind eyes with the scriptures today. The apostles were given the job. They, they were witnesses of these things. That's what he says. You, you were witnesses of my death, well, my life, what I said, my death, you saw that I was dead, my resurrection, you saw that I was really alive. And you are witnesses of these things, and that's what we have here. We have the witness, their witness, of these things. If what was needed then for blind eyes to be opened was Jesus' presence and the scriptures concerning him, then that's what is needed today. I know we're in church and I know these things sound pretty ordinary, but I think we need reminding of this. Because it's so easy, isn't it, to think that what we need in order to help people to come to know Jesus is we need um, to, to shout it a little louder. We need to bang our fist a little bit more. We need to hold people up against the wall and say... We need to have answers to all their questions. We need to have really clever answers to all of the things that they object to. And yet right here we see that the scriptures, pointing people to the scriptures, concerning the Christ, showing how they speak about Jesus was enough to open blind eyes. It was good enough for Jesus. And it set the pattern for our ministry as a church. Now we'll get to, we'll get to how we respond to this because we really believe that, <laughs> that Jesus, the ascended Jesus is opening blind eyes through the scriptures today. Then it will mean all manner of things for what we do with our time, won't it? Where we put our priorities. What we're, what we're praying for. What we're thinking we're, we're to do together as a church. It, it's going to impact all of that, isn't it? Because if we think that the answer or the thing that's going to cause people to believe is something else, then, then guess what? We'll, we'll end up doing a lot of that kind of thing. Um, I was struck that actually, um, thinking about this, that you know when you get really difficult things to do, like, I can't think of an example, like um, learning to drive, for example. You can type in eat hacks for learning to drive, you know, into Google or YouTube. You'll have tons of people saying, because it's a really difficult thing to do, you'll have tons of people saying, I can tell you the, the, the easiest way, the trick that will make it easy. It will win every time. It will, it will do it every time for you. And there's nothing more difficult, is there, than people coming to salvation. And so I reckon we'll have find, and maybe you have already, hundreds, if not thousands, of different techniques and ideas about how we can always have success, always see an effectiveness in bringing people to know Jesus. And I think we're going to need to battle against that because the scriptures seem... Just a bit ordinary. We take them for granted, don't we? We're in church, we're hearing the scriptures. 
we don't realise that there's, that's the way in which God opens blind eyes. And there's a lovely um, verse, I'm not sure which book it is, it's in. We preach Christ and God opens blind eyes. And I know an evangelist called Rico Tice, you might have heard him speak before, but he's always saying that to himself. We preach Christ, God opens blind eyes. Our job is to preach Christ, to speak of him from the scriptures. Not so much to speak subjectively about, about how he's made me feel, even. To just show people from the scriptures who he is, what it says about him. And God opens blind eyes. And we are going to have to battle that feeling of it's impossible for us. So it's not just a very, very difficult thing to have to do to cause people to believe it's impossible for us. God says, for man this is impossible, but all things are possible with God. So because it is so impossible for us, we're going to battle that feeling of needing to try everything else. But here we have it. God's given us everything that we need. He's given us his presence. He said, I will go back up. Jesus said, I will go back up into heaven. I will send the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. He will come. You will receive power. I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. His presence is going to be with them, wherever they are. Again, his presence and his scriptures, the scriptures concerning him, are going to be the thing that opens blind eyes. I wonder if that featured in, in what you were saying at the start. I wonder if they, those two things, either of those two things featured. God's presence, his Holy Spirit, and the scriptures. Jesus being with us and Jesus' word. I wonder if those two things featured. Or maybe, maybe we were going towards other things and saying, there's got to be a, a really, really powerful testimony of a changed life. That's the thing that's going to convince people. It's got to be something that's really relevant. Taps into what people are doing today. Answers all the questions that young people are thinking about today. Maybe we're thinking it needs to be signs and wonders. And we're going to see some signs and wonders in Acts. But Jesus says here, he says, um, verse 46... Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that signs and wonders? No, repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. So we're proclaiming church. We're, we're people who are speaking of Jesus. That's what he says was always the plan. Repentance and forgiveness uh, the repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name in Jesus' name to all nations tell you what if you just took that sentence repentance and the forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name in Jesus' name you, you don't know how countercultural that is repentance what are we talking about here? Repentance. You mean that we've got things wrong, that we're sinners. Not sort of people who make bad decisions from time to time, but sinners. 
facing God's judgment, that repentance would be preached for the forgiveness of sins. In Jesus' name, not in, not in Allah's name, not in Confucius' name, not in anyone else's name, but in Jesus' name. That is the, the, the message that he says is going to go out. And that, that is the message that is going to save. That is the message that's going to open blind eyes. What do we need uh, for the task? And we're going to be thinking about this next weekend, weekend as well with, with Ben. We need Jesus' presence, his Holy Spirit, and we need the scriptures. We need to point people to the scriptures. Simply, we need to open our Bibles with people. And that is going to feel like a weird thing to do. There's an... I mean, of all the things that we might suggest to our mates that we can do together, we can have a chat about life, we could just chit-chat. At some point, for us to say, I think we need to look at what this says. We've chatted a bit, we've talked about loads of different things, but I think think we need to look at what this actually says. That will feel a bit weird. It will feel like a sudden switch in the conversation or... That's the point at which they can say, no, I don't want to. I'll tell you what, that's, that's where we want to get to, isn't it? Because he will open blind eyes through his spirit, through his word. Jesus with us and Jesus' word. It was, this, it was that then, only he can do it. And it's that now, only he can do it. And I mean, that's what we're praying for, isn't it? Because... Um, you know, we're not just thinking, oh, that person's got that difficulty. I, I do want to pray that God will help them with that. But for our friends, our loved ones, our, our relatives who don't yet know him, we're praying. God, open blind eyes. Show people from the scriptures concerning the Son, concerning the Christ. Show people who you are. And we're going to be singing about that in our last song together. Uh, we believe you are the Christ. It's taken exactly from from this, from the Gospels. We will tell of you. Um, Why don't I pray for us? And then maybe I'll give you a few minutes um, just to think that over for yourself. How is God challenging you? That you have everything you need. How is God challenging you? Where you've began to look Oh, perhaps think that something else would be more effective than the Bible, than God's Word. And maybe he's challenging you about someone you know who you think, I've never actually asked them if they'd like to read the Bible with me. I'll give you a chance to think about that in just a moment. Let's pray. And he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Father God, thank you that the scriptures show that you fulfill, you have accomplished what you said you were going to do. And thank you that they show us who your son is. 
so that we would know him for ourselves. So we would know him as the Christ, the one who came to suffer before entering his glory. The one that all of scripture is about. And the one who we need for the forgiveness of sins. Uh, we, we confess. We confess that having ourselves had our eyes open to you. That we often think that it just won't work. It just won't be enough. For people who are blind. And yet we're sorry for that. We know that you are. Opening blind eyes today with your scripture. We pray that we would humble ourselves to what you are doing. Not think it's our technique, our charisma, our influence that has any sway. We pray that uh, our friends family would come to hear this word that you by your mercy would show them what it says and that you would cause the scales to fall from their eyes that you would cause their hearts to burn within them that they may bring glory to you we pray this in Jesus name Amen